Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the DNF1 F1 podcast. I hope that you're all doing well and thank you as always for being here. It's great to have you along for a bit of F1 chat and discussion and in this episode this is episode 9 of the F1 2024 car launch mini series that we have been doing where we dedicate an episode to each of the 10 teams as they unveil their 2024 challenges. If you're listening to this episode and you haven't checked out the McLaren episode yet, I definitely recommend that you do, whether before or after listening to this one. Both this and the McLaren episode have gone out on the same day where we talked about the McLaren MCL38 in the previous episode. So make sure to check that one out if you haven't already. But in this episode, we are going to be talking about one of the most hotly anticipated car launches of the 2024 winter break. And that is, of course, of the Mercedes who have unveiled the W15, which we have heard so many reports about. Whether you believe them or not is completely up to you. And of course, we'll find out the truth to those rumors when we see the car in pre-season testing. But in terms of the car itself and the livery, I've got to say it surprised me a little bit. I had heard stories that this car was going to incorporate the silver and black as a part of its livery. It, It was silver in 2022. It was black in 2023. As we've come to love that particular color on the Mercedes over the last few seasons, They've incorporated both of them onto this car and I have to say it does surprise me. This is a car that has certainly divided opinion. I myself, I'm a fan. I like it. It's um, very reminiscent of the McLaren days when Lewis Hamilton was driving for the team when it had the chrome and the black parts of its livery. It very much reminds me of the McLaren from the late 90s, actually, that Mika Hakkinen won two world championships in. Very Silver Arrows, original Silver Arrows-esque, if you like. And uh, looking at the car as well from the front perspective, I think the livery is quite potent and appropriate because it looks very similar from the front to the McLaren MP4-22, which was the 2007 McLaren that Lewis Hamilton made his debut in Formula 1 in, where he very nearly won the world championship in his rookie season. So it's rather appropriate that this will be the last Mercedes that Lewis Hamilton will drive in his Formula One career, or at least as we know. Now, looking at the detail of the car, a lot of talk and a lot of hope came from Mercedes as they claimed that this was going to be a complete overhaul of the W14 from last season. And Looking at the car straight away, they have been true to their word. This is very much an overhaul of this car. Looking at the front wing to start with, and um, it's quite interesting looking at this front wing. It's not what I expected at all. I thought they were going to follow suit with a lot of the other teams that we have seen. And um, the main plane at the front, there is a huge gap there, as we have seen on some of the other cars compared to where the nose is. A nice slot for the airflow to go through the car and in the floor. But there's also a nice little um, swoop area in the centre 
of that front wing main plane, which is actually quite interesting. I'm not sure how that's going to work in terms of drag at the front, but obviously it's promoting more airflow to go through the rear um, and also through the ground of the car or the floor of the car, I should say, which of course is what is going to be promoting the ground effect era of cars where the downforce is going to be generated from. So quite an interesting little innovation there for Mercedes. As for the rest of the front wing, the uh, the flaps on it are quite interesting as well, or sort of the planes, if you like. Very reminiscent of the Alfa Romeo from last season. I could think of one car that looked quite similar to. It's definitely that one. Alpine have got a version of this on their 2024 car, which is quite interesting on the A524. And uh, it will be interesting to see if Mercedes run with that in pre-season testing and the first few races. They did. They were very quick to uh, emphasize that this was a launch spec car. So that would suggest or imply that there are going to be some changes to this car before we see it for the first time this season in race trim or even in pre-season testing. So we'll have to keep an eye on that one. Looking at the suspension, no surprises here. Mercedes have changed the pull rod on the front suspension, a bit like what Aston Martin have done. We kind of figured that Mercedes would go down that road, not only because that's what they said they were going to do, they were going to converge on the Red Bull style, but also it is because what Aston Martin have done, and we know that there is a technical partnership and connection between those two teams, so no surprises to see that Mercedes have gone down the same route. The top parts of the wishbone, they arch a little bit, but they do stoop quite deep downwards. So a lot of anti-dive going on there, which of course lends itself to not only more aero efficiency, but also improve control under braking and stability at the front of the car, which of course with some of these cars with the porpoising issue, that has been quite a problem in being able to, you know, have that control over the aero platform. So quite an interesting change there as well, but not a surprising one from Mercedes. And now moving on to the side pods. And this is an area that I was very interested to see what Mercedes were going to do and what their variants of the Red Bull undercut inlets that we have seen on almost every other team with the underbite there, what Mercedes were going to do. And uh, from the front, it looks very similar to what Alpine have done with those inlets, but it's where you look at it from the side where it gets very interesting. And unlike the Alpine, the undercut part of the side pod inlets They've got this, um, what would you call it, a drooping bottom lip kind of shape to it where they sort of stoop down a little bit. And that's going to be quite interesting to see how that works for Mercedes. They're, they're quite tightly packaged, which would imply that they've got quite a good handle on their cooling, which is obviously good news for them. I think the Ferrari one that we saw the day before was a bit wider than that. So they've obviously got much better handle on their cooling requirements than Ferrari do by comparison. So that's obviously a good sign for them. And uh, they seem to have done away with the that sort of mini wing that they had at the top on the overcut part of the side pod. They've gone away with that. Rumours are suggesting Red Bull have decided to incorporate that in their car. So it'll be very interesting to see if Red Bull have gone the other way to everybody else when everybody was copying what Red Bull were doing following that upgrade that they introduced on the RB19 in Hungary, which a lot of teams are now focusing their development on in terms of the side pod. But the way that the structure is connected to the bottom part of the floor where it sort of droops down has created a huge undercut area where a lot of that airflow can really be directed down the bottom of the car where it sort of runs through the floor and into the rear. So very interesting changes on there. As for the floor itself, it looks a little basic. It looks very similar to what we saw last season towards the end of it. Now, I think that's more, you know, in, in turn, in tandem with um, what we've seen from Ferrari as well. 
And I kind of want to have a bit of a monologue to explain why that might be relevant. So a lot of you that probably listen to this and, and, you know, looking at this car are probably maybe a little bit disappointed that Mercedes haven't gone more aggressive on the floor. Like Ferrari, it's very samey to what we saw last season. There's not too much variation. And, you know, other than the changes that we see from circuit to circuit on the floor edges, where they tend to vary depending on what the characteristics of the circuit are going to be like and what the cars are going to need at that point and given time. There's a lot that's going on underneath that we won't see and a lot of the stuff underneath the car that we won't see. And that's one thing. But what you got to remember is these two teams in particular, and I want to single these two out because I think it's quite relevant for the point that I'm trying to make here. They're embarking on concepts that they probably still don't understand to its fullest degree yet. And you got to remember, they introduced these concepts quite early on, or at least versions of this concept, like upgrades that we saw from Mercedes in Monaco, and we saw the same thing from Ferrari in Barcelona. You know, that they didn't really understand it to its fullest degree, and they weren't really optimized in such a way where they could really set the foundations of their car on that because of the restrictions and the cost cap and they couldn't make the chassis and other elements that would have gone with that to really get the benefit of it so what you what you're seeing at the moment is the first real version of that which is ultimately a year behind what red bull will have done to a degree but as a result of that we know that if these teams can get this part right and if they can develop these cars to a degree which verifies that the changes that they've made with this concept are actually working as they would have hoped for and as the simulating wind tunnel suggests that's going to lend itself to having a very aggressive development plan on the aero and on the floor which will allow them to make ground on teams like red bull for example who are currently enjoying the lead that they had been over the last few years that's what we've got to hope for and you know so it's still early days. There's a lot of hope. There's a, This is probably why Ferrari and Mercedes in particular have been quite cautious. Whilst they've been optimistic, they've been quite cautious about not getting too excited because they probably still don't know yet if these concepts are going to work or if they understand them to the right degree. And if they do, and everything matches up where it should do, a bit same like what McLaren have done, which is why I suggested they might be a little bit behind here. Once they understand that, that in-season development is going to be very, very aggressive. And they'll be able to commit to this concept in the same way that they hopefully will do for 2025. That's where the gains are going to be made. So I think a little bit of patience is required for Mercedes, for Ferrari, and also for McLaren as well to a certain degree. Aston Martin have been on this a little bit longer, so they understand it a bit better. They kind of got a bit sidetracked last season, but hopefully they'll be on the right track again. So it's one to keep an eye on. So when you look at the floor, long story short, and it seems a bit basic, that's probably why. I don't think it's something to be concerned about. This is a launch spec after all, but maybe after testing and maybe the first race or two, they're quite happy with what they got. Then I think you'll start to see all the aero pieces that they've probably designed and made versions of. They're probably just waiting for it to be verified on track. And then that aggressive aero development that we've been hearing about will really start to take its effect and we'll start to see them making gains up the grid. At least that's what I'm expecting to see, but we'll have to wait and see how that pans out. Uh, There's a different engine cover. Moving on to more details of the car. Noticeably, it's not so prominent, those shoulder cannons or those louvres that we saw on the Mercedes last season. They were very prominent on that car. The way the engine cover has been redesigned is a bit more curvature to it now. And that's probably why they're not as so defined as they were last season. Rumours have been going around that Red Bull have kind of 
learned a little bit from these and taken inspiration and incorporated their own version of that. So we might see that on the RB20. But as for Mercedes, the engine cover has been restructured in such a way which will allow the improvement of the airflow to flow back to the rear of the car, which is obviously quite important. The, the sliding element of the side pods, it's not so steep as we've seen on the Aston Martin. The Ferrari was also a little bit halfway house of this as well. Mercedes seemed to be even more conservative, so it's not steeping down as much, which I'm a little surprised to see. I'm hoping for their sake that works for them, but we might see a variation of that where it might work for them and where it works differently for other teams. It's just how it goes. Not everything has to be the same, which is obviously a good thing. The, like Ferrari as well, there's also been changes to the halo angle, uh, the inlets of the mirror, which of course helps with the airflow on those side pods at the upper part as well. And interestingly, Mercedes have made a similar change to the rear wing end plate like Ferrari. That, that pit's been completely cut out. And I imagine that's probably to do with the changes they wanted to make with not only stabilizing the rear axle, but also giving it more straight line speed. Because in this ground effect era, Mercedes have had a lot of problems with drag and have had a lot of problems with the car in terms of being able to reach a higher top speed and really fight against teams with the use of DRS. They've been quite vulnerable to that in the last couple of years. So this is an interesting change for them. Hopefully that will work for them and make it much more faster in the speed traps like Ferrari have attempted to do the last couple of years. So that will be quite an interesting change to see how that works out for them. And uh, those were those were most of the upgrades that I could see, to be honest, on this new Mercedes. We couldn't really see much at the rear. We didn't really get to see anything of the rear diffuser or the beam wing. Although, again, the beam wing is pretty much a part that changes a lot from circuit to circuit depending on what needs you have there so i don't expect too much change that's going to be relevant to the overall concept of this car again it will be interesting to see what this car looks like in testing this is a launch spec after all mercedes have emphasized that greatly so we'll have to wait and see how this car is going to look when we get to pre-season testing have they brought any changes we know in the past this is a team that likes to bring a b-spec version although i'm not sure if that's doable in this cost cap here, I think they probably cost a bit too much for them. So overall, a lot has changed on this car, a huge overhaul. Again, I think we're going to need to be patient with them like we are with Ferrari. I'm not prepared to say, you know, that they haven't done enough at this point. It's a huge gap that they have to overhaul here to Red Bull. And I think if these initial changes that they've made are working for them, I think that in-season development that we're going to get from the likes of Mercedes and Ferrari in particular are going to be very very aggressive. It certainly worked for McLaren, so I'm sure we're going to get that from those two teams as well. Now, the big problem Mercedes really needed to fix was have more stability of the rear axle. It was very unpredictable. James Allison, the technical director, put a lot of emphasis on this. So hopefully these changes will help with that. And if it does, then obviously that gives Mercedes a great platform going forward with the W15. But it looks promising from what I can see so far. Now, of course, Talking about the rear suspension, as we already mentioned, that's moving to the pull rod as well. I think that was the final thing. And again, it's not a surprise because it's what Aston Martin went down. And we know that was a part that Dan Fellows, the technical director there, mentioned it was inherited from Mercedes. So that was the final thing that I noticed in terms of the technical detail. Hopefully that was all okay. I'm sure some of you out there might notice just a few more bits on this car as well. But as we said already, these are renders. We saw the physical car. There's probably a bit of deception and the renders are designed in a way that some stuff was omitted and stuff stuff they wouldn't want us to see. It was quite dark as well. So, you know, 
there might be a few things hidden in there that they didn't want us to see at first so we'll have to wait and see what the full car looks like in its entirety when it goes out for pre-season testing now talking about the drivers before we sign this one off very interesting season for both their drivers for very different reason of course Lewis Hamilton this is going to be his final year at Mercedes before he joins Ferrari in 2025 and I'm sure some of you may think that this is a season where Lewis may not have his head in the game or he may feel like he might have checked out because he's not going to be driving for this team in 2025. I'm 100% certain that that's not going to be the case. I'm pretty confident that Lewis is very committed to what Mercedes want to try and achieve here. And I'm certain that he's going to do his absolute utmost to try and make that happen. After all, if this is a car that turns out to be very competitive and a potential rival or threat to Red Bull, you can bet your bottom dollar that Lewis Hamilton is going to want to take advantage of that. Maybe try and get a win or two this season before the end of the season. He hasn't won a Grand Prix since Jeddah in 2021. So it's long overdue. And I, I I don't expect anything less from Lewis. I think he's going to have a very strong season. His level is going to be up there as it's always been for some time. Of course, there's probably going to be occasions where he may have a few conversations with Fred Vasseur Ferrari and maybe there's going to be some information or stuff that he might be able to pass on that may help Ferrari. We'll have to wait and see. But he's very much in this for where he's at at the Mercedes at the moment. And hopefully he'll be joining Ferrari in 2025 with a project there that's well underway to incorporate him to a point where he doesn't really have to do too much to affect what he's doing at Mercedes in 2024. So big season ahead for him. As for George Russell, this is also a very big season for different reasons. Now, George Russell, going into this team a couple of years ago, probably would have envisioned that he would already be in a position where the team is going to be very much built around him, as it probably will be in 2025, and probably some elements of 2024 as well. Um, I mean, it would make no sense for Mercedes to put all their eggs in the Hamilton basket now because they know that he's leaving the team. So obviously they want to support George as much as they can whilst maintaining the utmost level of professionalism and support to Lewis, as I'm sure they will do. I mean, it's what Mercedes are about. I have no reason to suspect that they're going to make Lewis look bad or not give him any good treatment just because he's going to arrive all next year. But as for George Russell... As I said already, I, I think he very much expected to be in a position where the team was very much going to be centering around him with or without Hamilton alongside him. In 2022, there were certainly elements that it was converging to that particular scenario. In 2023, however, there was a lot that George Russell probably didn't want to happen or there was a lot that he'll probably learn from that hopefully will help him in 2024. He very much needs to get on top of this concept. Of course, it's not been easy because Mercedes have really struggled with this as well. So hopefully this new car is the first step on George really able to assert himself, not only within the team, but also within F1 at the moment where his stock is still relatively high. But of course, he wants to keep it that way because there's going to be a new driver coming into that car in 2025. And George will hope that whoever that new driver is going to be, whether it be Kimi Antonelli or Fernando Alonso or anyone else for that matter, that they're very much coming into George's team and not a team that currently has a vacant spot for its number one driver. George is very much going to want to make that his own. He's going to want to cut out the mistakes. He's going to want to be up there challenging for podiums, for race wins, for pole positions almost every single week. Is that doable? Given how strong Red Bull are at the moment, 
Probably not. But I think we can all make a case that if George Russell can have a much more competitive and stronger season to the level that we know George is capable of, that will go a long way, not only to helping Mercedes going forward, but also to help preserve that position that he would have wanted to have coveted for himself by that time next season. So a big season for them ahead. Everyone seems to be optimistic, cautiously optimistic, of course. Nobody was saying, oh, this car's amazing. This is going to be a world championship winning car or a race winner or anything like that. Everybody, whether it be Toto, James Allison, Lewis, George, they're all looking forward to seeing what this car is capable of. And I think there's more hope rather than expectation that they finally got it right in this regulation rule set. Because if they haven't got it right by now, chances are they probably won't get it right at all. And the focus will very much shift onto 2026 with a new regulation set. And that will probably be Mercedes' best chance to win a championship then. As I said already, a lot going on with this car, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Pre-season testing, not long to go now. Only a couple of weeks until pre-season testing. I think next week, actually, if memory serves. So only a couple of weeks until the first race of the season. But that's all we've got time for with this episode. Hope that that was okay for you guys. There was a lot going on there. So hopefully that all made sense to you. In tomorrow's episode, we're going to be talking about the Red Bull, the RB20. We saw some pictures and we saw a few videos of the Red Bull during its shakedown at Silverstone. What version of this new car that we're going to see tomorrow? We'll have to wait and see. Is it going to be the new car? Is it going to just be the 2023 car with an updated livery like we got last year with a 2022 car? We'll have to wait and see. But until then, guys, thanks for tuning in. As always, if you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow the pod on your favorite podcasting platform and make sure to leave us a five-star review. But until then, guys, thanks for tuning in. As always, please stay safe and we'll see you in the next episode of the DNF1 F1 podcast. And remember, as always, if you're not first, you're probably DNF1. Take care. Podcast Network.